0: And welcome to episode 307 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with... Matt, how are you doing? I'm very good, David. How are you? I'm good. I am a little bit sleep deprived for reasons I won't go into, but uh, I'm a little Mm -hmm. bit sleep deprived today. So um, I apologize if I I stumble over things, but uh, (laughs) we're here and we're going to do the show. So um, what have you been doing and uh, playing and watching over the last few weeks? I did a stream on,
2: what day was it, Thursday or Friday, something like that, earlier this week for Psychonauts, which you can go and buy on uh, the Xbox One. It's actually an Xbox original game. It boots Mm -hmm. up with the uh, original Xbox intro thing, which is quite a nice little touch as well. Uh, I miss game startup things as well. They're, uh, you know, you think of like the PS1 intro, that kind of stuff. Consoles now just give you a logo and then you into the login screen, which I get is for like time purposes. It's just a nice little touch anyway. So, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's interesting because I've been consuming two things that are kind of X-Men-ish because this is kind of like a bunch of kids get sent to a camp and they're all kind of psychonauts. They've all got these little abilities and stuff. And there's this like war veteran, sort of colonel guy there who looks like he's the shape of a sort of potato in a way. (laughs) His job is okay, I've been sent all these kids, I'm going to teach them, you know, how to use their powers and stuff. He's not really similar to like Professor X, where he'll actually take care of the students or the kids. Yeah. He's very much sort of, you're going to do this or you're going to die. Yes. There's even a line that he gives, I think, in the first obstacle course. It's like, you got to keep moving until you're like dead or whatever. So that's the Kind of attitude that he's sort of got. And there's even a few instances where I think a couple of like kids that don't have names or whatever get killed and he just kind of moves along with things. The strange thing about that though is all of these kids apart from one have got like their parents' consent. Like they've actually sent them off to this summer camp esque sort of thing. Yeah. And there's even this uh, one of the kids at the start, he's like, I thought this was a summer camp. And he starts like getting a bit mad about it. But you play as Raz. He's the kind of main one. He's got these little goggles and stuff. The Colonel really he's kind of like special mm-hmm. game's also got Nikki Rapp who I uh, am good friends with as well oh, I, that's it. I hadn't noticed early. that yeah, awesome. yeah she, she voices a character called Lily which is funny because yes. in uh, Telltale's Walking Dead she also voices a character called Lily <laughs> met her two years ago at um, Walker Stalker when Walker Stalker was a thing but I talked to her now and again just ask how she is and that kind of stuff and I told her I was playing the game and stuff which was cool and as I got to like some of her lines I'm trying to sort of listen for, for her voice and stuff I can't remember the re- what the release I think it was like 2006 or something Uh, Uh, 2005 it was 2005 right so even in that situation her voice that I know now is going to sound different to then because you know everybody would have sounded different 10 years ago so I could sort of hear bits of her voice in in that character a fairly big character for Nikki to be voicing and I'm pretty sure that she's in the upcoming Psychonauts 2 as well yeah uh, which is coming out it's coming out this month on the 25th so I want to kind of finish this one before I jump into. one which is going to be a bit of a difference going from a 2005 xbox game to a 2021 uh, (laughs) sequel is going to be interesting i don't know what it what it was that took the sequel so long because that's like a couple of generations you're you're skipping but i don't know but the company called double fine that makes the game is now owned by microsoft i was talking to her about that before as well so it's a good game it's uh one of the um things that people sold me on was hey it's a little bit crash bandicoot-esque and it's it's a little bit like that obviously yeah a, bit, a little. Of different stuff. Got like a similar type of platforming gameplay, but it's quite good. I've only kind of done the first hour or so, basically, like a couple of obstacle courses. Pretty good. But I've, there's probably some interesting lore to discover about this world as there well, because there's something very kind of like strange about it. And I do have a little theory as to what's going on, but I'll see if that kind of comes out. Yeah. To, uh, yeah.
0: Have you played this? I have. I actually love this game so much that I didn't pick it up when it first came out. I picked it up. In a Steam sale a few years after it came out. When I finished it, I actually wrote to Double Fine, the company behind it, and said, I love this game so much I kind of feel guilty that I bought it at a sale. I really feel like I should have paid full price for it, because I absolutely adored this game. One of the writers of it is Tim Schaefer. and if mm-hmm. you know your gaming history, Tim Schafer is one of the LucasArts original people. He was assistant designer on the Monkey Island games, and uh, he's also responsible for the really hugely critically acclaimed things like Full Throttle, Grim Fandango and Day of the Tentacle as well he's been behind a lot of those early sort of point and click adventure games and Psychonauts is very different to that because it's it's more of a platformer than it is a sort of point and click thing but it's got that same sort of weird humour and sensibility to it so it's very off the wall and odd and it's got this Bizarre dream sequence, sort of stuff in it, because the entire thing is about stuff that's sort of going on in people's minds. Uh, yeah. The I think it's the Milkman level has a sort of certain notoriety to it when you eventually get to that, because that's truly bizarre. There's all sorts of very, very weird things going on. Uh, the characterizations are superb. Raz is a really interesting lead character. I love the setup of it. As you say, it's this kind of summer camp run by the squad commander guy from full metal jacket essentially for people that know that reference that's pretty much that's the sort of guy that he is it's got a superb voice cast to it it's weird a wonderful i know the sequel like you say is coming out later this month i'm very tempted to go through and play through the first game again because it has been so long since i played (laughs) through it i absolutely adore this game if you've never played psychonauts it's well well worth picking up it's a really fun platformer um it, I'm not sure how it replays at this point in terms of the platforming mechanics and stuff but I, I absolutely loved it and it's worth playing through just for the story if nothing else I mean in terms of like how dated it is it's pretty
2: good it's better than some games made today Yeah, <laughs> like in terms of controls and stuff and I'm not really a big sort of hey I need my games to look pretty it's not got like the greatest graphics and stuff but it's got like I get this real sense of mystery with it as well Like obviously I haven't seen like all the story and everything mm-hmm. uh, but the gameplay yeah it was pretty good i didn't really have too many too i mean there was some pretty difficult obstacle course stuff um that i went through and apart apart from me messing up myself admittedly with like certain bits of climbing i wasn't really sort of moaning about the controls or anything Uh, i was i was getting on with them pretty good so i don't think it's like a re it's like a, a port version that you can play uh, like the backwards compatibility thing on Xbox mm-hmm. one. So it's not been remastered or anything. I think it's just a port right. of those games. Um, but yeah, I don't think you can get it at all on PlayStation and you won't be able to now anyway, because the company's don't buy Microsoft. Right. But yes. uh, yeah, if you, if you've got an Xbox, Hey, if you, if you've got an original Xbox, you can get it on those. Uh, I'm not sure about Xbox 360, how it would work there. But uh, if you've got an Xbox one, you can just buy it off the uh, the store. So, which is, which is what I did. But yeah. Very good with that. The other thing, which is kind of X, men-esque as well but mm-hmm. uh with older characters is the nevers which i've been watching yes. on sky it was strange because last week or so i went to see if it was still on there and it said expiring in two days and it had the six episodes on there <laughs> and i thought oh i'm not going to get through these episodes in two days i'll wait for like another opportunity and then a couple of days ago i thought huh, i was kind of in the mood to watch it and i kept meaning to watch it and it was just back on sky and it didn't have any expiration date oh it's kind of strange the way I, i've noticed some weird things of how that works sometimes i've actually noticed shows before on sky it'll say hey expiring in one day and then it'll be there the next day still so mm-hmm. it's a bit strange uh but very good shows. kind of these um women and they're all referred to as the touched which is a weird kind of phrase yes to use. it almost should be called the touch because they bring that word up so often yeah um it's about them kind of discovering powers and all that kind of stuff and they're sort of running away from this group of people that are after them i like the little warehouse they've got as well that they yeah they end up in got all these kind of like cool little gadgets and stuff, which is quite good. I was quite impressed with the first episode. I was a little bit off with the second episode. I think with the second episode, they kind of threw even more little characters at me. There are a lot. Yeah yeah I suppose it's a case of juggling okay who's not important and and who is obviously the main women are the most important ones the strange feeling I got from the first one was I went in knowing it was like written or whatever by Joss Whedon and then as I was watching the pilot episode which I think is a little bit longer I'd forgotten it was written by Joss Whedon it didn't feel to me like something from him and then when obviously the episode finished and it popped up credits you know directed written created by by him I was like oh yeah he's involved with this so it, it just just felt a little mm-hmm. bit, I mean, I haven't seen like all of Buffy or whatever. Obviously, that's a big going to be a big comparison point. I've seen some of Buffy didn't quite, at least to me, it didn't quite feel like that. And even with things like maybe Justice League or Avengers, I'm just thinking of other things that he's done or even Firefly didn't really feel it just didn't quite feel like the same thing from him. And I almost kind of forgot it was made by him um, yeah how did you kind of feel when you were watching it in terms i mean of uh,
0: yeah it is one of those things because it was about to be launched just as all the joss whedon controversy stuff kicked uh, off he now is no longer involved with the show he still will always forever be on it as the creator of it because he it was his original idea but after the first few episodes he actually ended up stepping away from it and whether that was because of the onset stuff i mean he said he, he stepped away from it because of exhaustion but i mean who knows he uh-huh. He did direct and write the first episode, so that was done entirely by Josh. He then directed a couple more episodes. The person that has really taken the reins on it is uh, Jane Espenson, who is also a Buffy angel writer, was, was somebody that was heavily involved in those shows and has very much the same sensibility, and I love her writing. So I think you've got to kind of look past the fact that it was Josh that created it in the first place and just decide if you're okay with that. As I think we said when it first came out, it's, it's unfair to throw the entire show away and scream for its cancellation. Just yes, the guy may be an a-hole, but there's there are there's a, other people working. Hundreds on the show. of people working. Yeah. yeah, there are hundreds of people working on that show. It's unfair to completely kill all their stuff and drag that down with them. So, mm. in terms of what you were saying about yeah, the second episode, there is an issue for me in that there are fifteen main cast oh, in wow. that show. There is way way too many people I think it's very difficult to manage that many people in a main cast plus there's a, another sort of 10 recurring cast members so it's a ridiculously huge cast and I kind of feel like that could do with being pared down a little bit mm, you don't want to turn into titans yes, <laughs> yes
2: exactly <laughs> which is a prime example for that yes way
0: too many people the first season is 12 episodes they've only released 6 so far the next 6 are going out in 2020 22 we then got to see whether they decide to renew it or not i did enjoy the first six episodes of it i thought it was an interesting sort of take on this kind of victorian x-men setup yeah, but yeah. then you get to the sixth episode in that run and it takes this like sharp bright turn into something else and that's very interesting and it's sort of thing that joss has done on things like dollhouse as well it is very much a sort of trademark of his sort of stuff and and it, it takes this odd, strange turn in that final, uh, you'll rather sixth episode of the run. I'm intrigued to see what they do with the next six episodes. I want to see where that heads and I'm looking forward to seeing more of it. So Cool. Yeah, the other thing was
2: uh, warren On, which I finished the first season for, I think it was ten episodes, which has got another season on the way. I really, really enjoyed that. This kind of fun mix of, I don't know, a bunch of different themes. Uh, you've got like some medieval type-ish stuff going on. You've got like, obviously there's the nun side of things which i didn't think i'd particularly care too much for but it w- when you mix in that with the other elements of the show it really works quite well it's sort of like these badass nuns that can fight really well and and this kind of stuff it's, yeah. it's a good kind of mixture i really like the main character she's quite interesting and quite cool i found the whole just just the the way that the halo thing works in the show really mm-hmm. quite cool and looks quite painful but um because <laughs> it's kind of like screwed into someone's back isn't in it yeah, uh, like they use this mechanical thing, and it's like, yeah,
0: yeah, essentially the setup for Warrior None. Um, it is based on a comic book, although it's incredibly different to the comic book. It sort okay. of vaguely uses the comic book as a background, but expands it in a really interesting way for a TV show. It's from Simon Barry, who's the guy that did things like Continuum and uh, he's done another number of other shows, but I, I really like his work. And the essential setup for it is this 19 this, this year old girl that ends up dying she's actually she starts off as a quadriplegic orphan I think she actually kills herself and then ends up in this morgue but there is this holy order and they're trying to hide this ancient device which is being protected by this holy order and the nun that's in charge of protecting it is trying to hide it and embeds it in this girl's body and she stops being dead and wakes up in this morgue and Mm -hmm. finds that she has these sort of superpowers because she's confused. got. This, yeah. He's very confused and suddenly can walk <laughs> and he's no longer a quadriplegic and suddenly finds that she's now has these superpowers. So the order then wants to sort of control her and she's not into the whole thing and and it's he, just really really well put together. I yeah. really enjoyed the first season of it and I'm glad that they've renewed it for a second season because it's never a certainty when it's this sort of Netflix show. No anymore. No. Alba Baptista, who plays Ava, the lead character, is brilliant and it's wonderfully sarcastic and just plays that role beautifully (laughs) it's it's really well put together I I very much enjoyed that first season of it so I'm looking Mm. forward to that coming back
2: yeah it's got a really good story it's got really interesting kind of characters and there's this kind of like uh, war thing going on then there's this big kind of monster thing that comes in yeah. and then there's of course like the Halo stuff itself which is really cool and the the action's really really good as well like a few of the characters have got shotguns and swords and all this other kind of stuff and it's really quite cool i really really enjoyed that the episodes are quite short as well they're about 40 minutes yeah and even towards the end of the first season as things get a little bit more complicated and more kind of characters get introduced i didn't quite feel like it got too hard to sort of follow it's, it's it was still uh, managed all that pretty well mm. and it doesn't doesn't have too many main characters to follow which is a which is a good thing yeah
0: it's so, there's a core group of like four or five of them and uh, yeah, i think it, yeah. it covers them very very well i i do think that that has been a problem with like you say shows like titans and the nevers they have way 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 too many characters to be able to mm. just focus on and you need to pare that down i think four or five is about the most you need out of a main core group yeah. it gets a yeah. bit bit unwieldy after that
2: yeah that's going to get worse with Titans season three but we'll talk about that another time <laughs> yeah what have you been up to
0: i'm still working my way through clone wars i am up to season seven which is the final season i've actually done the first three episodes which is quite nice because the first three episodes are the Bad Batch episodes where they first introduce this group of defective clones called the Bad Batch, which, of course, is the continuation show that they've done because there is Clone Wars, then there was Rebels, and now we've got the Bad Batch that sort of work as a group of shows together. And the first three episodes of Season 7 really introduced the Bad Batch as a bunch of characters. So I've now seen those episodes, which I hadn't seen before, and I'd already started watching the Bad Batch. So that was quite nice to see i've been told the last few episodes of season seven are really kind of amazing so i'm looking forward to watching the rest of those i think there's 12 episodes in the final season so it's been great just going through that and i like the fact that it's a show which starts off very episodic of like you know here's a little snippets of things that happened during the clone wars and then as you get further into it they put in longer and longer story arcs so you end up with stories that go over three or four episodes so you're almost like little mini movies because they run straight into each other you know it's really well written it gives a lovely background texture to that whole part of the Star Wars universe and introduces a bunch of interesting characters some of which we've seen pop up in live action of course I'm really really enjoying that and I'm probably going to get to the end of that this week because I think I say there's 12 episodes in the final season so I should get through Mm. that this week I
2: think the one thing I really liked about Clone Wars I mean I need I need to go back to watching it but I've been watching a bad batch as well is the dynamic between Obi-Wan Anakin and Ahsoka mm-hmm. how their roles kind of fit in this kind of triangle yeah because Obi-Wan's supposed to be like you know the the wise one or whatever Ahsoka's kind of the new one that's getting trained I think that's called Padawan isn't it uh, mm-hmm. and then Anakin sort of sometimes doesn't do that properly and gets called out by Obi-Wan and then Ahsoka's kind of in the middle of that so yeah. I, I, I always thought that was uh quite interesting of course that's all before yeah. the Darth vader stuff and we know what becomes of that so it's it's interesting to see anakin like that as well yeah Um, like still kind of having that attitude but leading up to that but then having responsibilities i suppose yeah
0: it really does flesh out those characters a lot and particularly the relationship between anakin and obi-wan and there's even a reveal that never really comes across in the films that obi-wan clearly knew about the relationship between Anakin and Padme, and that isn't really made particularly clear in the movies. That Obi Wan knew what was going on and chose to ignore it, and that's made much more apparent in the Clone Wars series. He was aware there was a relationship going on and chose not to kind of step in and stop him. So mm. there is a lot of, sort of interesting things that come out of that series. So it is superb that Clone Wars series. It's mm. well well worth watching if you're a Star Wars fan. I'm sure if you are a Star Wars fan, you probably watched through it already. I know I've very late to it i'd I'd seen odd (laughs) episodes here and there but because of where it used to air in the uk it's never been in like one entire place together so the the fact that Mm. he's on disney plus has allowed me to go right through it which has been brilliant knowing where
2: obi-wan and anakin end up especially with that like lava fight and everything Mm. in in the third film and seeing some of the conversations and knowing that's going to that point is is quite interesting
0: so i am very intrigued to see where it ends at the end of season seven where they actually stop it but um yeah it's Uh, superb really really good just gets better and better with each season one of the other things i've been watching a couple of kind of documentary things but they're different kind of geeky documentary things one of (laughs) them was called the history of comedy which i mean as you would probably understand from the title it is pretty much a run through various types of comedy with each episode so they do a thing which is on blue humor and censorship and it talks a lot about people Lenny Bruce and George Carlin and that sort of stuff and runs through a background of them. Then there's a thing on parody and talks to people like Weird Al Yankovic and that sort of stuff. Then they do stuff on sitcoms and the different types of sitcoms and observational humour. It's it's just a really interesting, if you're into sort of comedy and stand-up comedy, it's very interesting just to see them talk to various different people that have been involved in sort of stand-up and doing those sort of sitcom shows and that's available on now tv and sky documentaries i think run it i think there's two seasons of it but it's well well worth watching it's a really interesting thing if you're into your comedy it's quite good one of the other things i'll be watching again is another history of series uh, secret history of comics it's actually i think robert kirkman's secret history of comics i think he's the producer on it that is fascinating mm-hmm. the opening episode does marvel and talks about the whole history of marvel obviously stan lee's involvement in just building that company and i mean i know stanley was heavily involved in it i hadn't realized he'd basically been there literally from the start of well prior to it becoming marvel comics and was the, hmm. basically the person behind it and literally was the office boy when it started and everybody else left and he was given basically said oh well there's nobody else to do it so here you are you become editor <laughs> for it and this is yeah. essentially
2: what happened i read some stories about that it's pretty incredible that stanley journey
0: yeah just immense and it doesn't pull any punches you know there were points where they invented new ways of writing and developing comics where stan would come in and give like an outline of the comic book to the artist and the artist essentially would draw the panels and then Stan would go in and put the words on afterwards so huh. there, there was never like a full script for it because that way they got to do it a lot quicker because stan just couldn't keep up with writing all the books so he'd say here's the outline for the story hand it over to the artist the artist would then draw a bunch of panels for it he'd then come back and fit the words into what the artist had drawn and this became one of the things which became quite tenuous because Stan was getting all the credit for oh how great these things are written and you can argue that the artist actually had a major amount of control in terms of what the story actually was, because essentially they were developing where the story went with their drawings and didn't really get enough credit for that. So it doesn't always paint sand in the best light, but it handles it very sensitively and does it very well. You know, I mean, it doesn't paint anybody as a complete villain. It's just this is what happened. So I find that quite interesting. There's only a couple of episodes gone out in the UK at the moment. Uh, First episode on Marvel second episode on Wonder Woman which is really fascinating uh yeah we're a family friendly show so I'm not going to go into exactly the setup of the creator of Wonder Woman but it was a guy and two women that were very much the people that were responsible for creating Wonder Woman and uh, had a very interesting relationship between the three of them that is a really fascinating background to how that comic book came about and the type of stuff it was in those early comic books i mean it is what it says it is a secret history of comic books there is a whole bunch of things in there that i really didn't know about how certain characters were created so if you're into your comic books that is well well worth watching i think again that's certainly on sky i think it's sky documentaries that are running i've oh sorry sky history that are running it over here that's well worth watching as well and uh Outer banks return for its second season i'm a couple of episodes into that i i said before i think i enjoy this show way way more than i I probably should and because uh, it's not really aimed at me it's very much a sort of teen drama it ended the first season with a couple of the characters being presumed dead they of course aren't as that's not giving anything away because they pretty much shared that in the trailer so it's following those characters as they land in NASA, and they're still on the hunt for this gold which they were looking for in the first season it's just this wonderful fun adventure series of these group of teenagers kids but you've now got a couple of them in jamaica and you've got the rest of the gang that are still in the outer banks and dealing with trying to clear the names of the two that have gone on the run only a couple of episodes into that but i am really enjoying it i think it's wonderfully wonderful fun from a few headlines i've seen i think the second season ends on a bit of a sort of bombshell so i hope it gets renewed for a first season it isn't one of those that netflix leaves just kind of high and dry but we'll see did you end up watching any of that
2: funny enough i watched the trailer yesterday for the season. The trailer didn't really like pull me in massively and I do have like other things to, to watch but I, I might go to it eventually but I then again like outside of my thoughts on the trailer and stuff I've just heard endlessly good things about it so mm-hmm. it might be better than I'm anticipating. I suppose. Yeah it,
0: I, I think that is very much the case it is a show that I think punches way above what you think its weight should be it's way better put together than it looks like it should be on the surface yeah. and uh, they've got some very interesting things. The first season particularly shot very interestingly we talked to uh, I think we talked to the DP for it and he, they talked about how they use drones in a really unique way in the way that they shot it uh, the music's fantastic is of course Phil Isler doing the music for it so it's just really well put together really really well put together really nicely shot it's this wonderful teen drama a series thing I've said it's like remade the Goonies with teenagers as a sort of cast of the CW as the stars of it it's just really really good and fun And I love that show. It's really entertaining. So uh, season two just carries that on so, so well. That's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. When you
1: make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer.
0: We start off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. And uh, once again, for the second week in a row, no cancellations at all, which is great news. Uh, Really, really good news. We talked a bit about some shows that got shut down last week by COVID. So sort of temporary halted shows. The only one I've seen this week is The Midwich Cuckoos, which is the Sky drama starring Keely Horse that got a positive COVID test. So that's been shut down for a few days. Apart from that, no cancellation or anything like that this week so renewals one just popped up today The Chi has been renewed for a fifth season so that will be coming back Love Victor has been renewed for a third season which I don't think come as a great surprise because that seems to have gone down incredibly well I have actually such watched a, it It's
2: such a good show yeah. it really is and it just pulls at you with emotions
0: <laughs> I haven't actually managed to get around to watching any of it yet but I know you and Grey say it's superb so um, that yeah. is uh, of course goes out on Star on Disney Plus over here at Hulu in the US but, so that's about for a third season Snowpiercer has landed a fourth season renewal just as they've wrapped the filming on the third season which is a pretty quick turnaround although they did the same thing last year they wrapped the second season and gave it a third season straight away before it had even aired so I mean it's not out of character for them and it's great that they're sticking with the show that much that's TNT that air it in the US and then of course it airs on Netflix over here so I'm very happy that they've uh, put their weight behind it and that is definitely coming back and They've given it early renewals, so that's good news. Sweet Tooth has been renewed for a second season as well, which I was a little nervous about because it looked like it was probably quite expensive to make that show and it's Netflix and you never know. But a few weeks before or a week before, they had actually announced some of the numbers for it and the numbers have been really good and it's unlike Netflix to announce numbers for a show and then cancel it the next week. So I was quite hopeful when they announced what the numbers were that they were going to bring it back. I do hear
2: quite a lot about how Netflix struggles to pay for Certain shows, they have to cut certain things and whatever. Mm-hmm. It seems like the situation over there maybe is just spreading too much money over too many shows. I guess what I'm basically saying is quality over quantity, like what Apple does. I know exactly
0: what you mean. I think rather than them piloting things, in some cases, Netflix seems to just commission a season of a show and it, it's kind of throw enough mud at the wall and see what sticks attitude yeah, when it comes to it. Yeah. So you'll find that they may make one season of a show and they had a bunch of these kind of fantasy based things and they were never going to renew them all it was just a case of well that one worked so we'll renew that one uh what was it cursed the uh yeah, got cancelled yeah, yeah it got cancelled uh, well, last week or the week before which you know i really enjoyed and that's the difficulty with having that attitude it's a case of they kind of i think going into it know that not all of these are going to get renewed but by the fact that they've made one season of it, you're then going to disappoint a bunch of people because they really liked it and it got cancelled. Rather than sort of piloting something and make a more nuanced decision over it, they just go, okay, well, we'll just make a bunch of them and then see which ones survive, you know. Mm -hmm. And whilst there is some benefit to that because you do then get to see one season of it and there is a whole load more of those kind of fantasy genre shows, it, it does then end up disappointing a lot more people because some people will love those shows. And if the audience isn't there, I can sort of understand why they don't renew them, but it doesn't have a great look either for Netflix because it does look like you're then cancelling a bunch of shows as well. So over on Dave, they have, well, this is sort of renewal slash pickup because Dave has picked up a thing called Late Night MASH hosted by Nish Kumar. And it's essentially, it's the MASH report, which used to go out on BBC Two, which was a sort of weekly political comedy-like the Daily Show, that sort of thing. They cancelled it after four seasons on BBC Two, but Dave have now picked it up and have renamed it Late Night Mash. So it's basically the Mash report, but it's going to be on Dave instead, and that is coming later on this year. In terms of actual pickups, Sky have picked up the Dwayne Johnson series Young Rock, which looks like immense amounts of fun. This is the show that is based on the life of the young Dwayne Johnson. And there are three actors that are playing him at different ages. It has Dwayne Johnson in doing a bit to camera, kind of explaining where this fits into his life, you know, and how these stories connect to him. And they are genuinely based around events that happened in his life. That looks like it's going to be really 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 fun I like Dwayne Johnson but I
2: don't actually like a lot of stuff that he's been in <laughs> uh, yes. like a, he, he seems like a nice guy and everything and I've I enjoyed I think what was it the first reboot Jumanji film but a lot of the films that he tends to do tend to be sort of big dumb fun sort of stuff yeah uh, like Skyscraper or San Andreas or you know those sorts of, I know he's just done um what was it called Jungle Cruise Jungle which Cruise, looks yeah. obviously a bit different to that and that's got Emily Blunt so maybe I'll, I'll like that but Black Adam might be quite good and, and that's yes. Thing, but it's it's a shame because yeah, and like Fast and Furious, I don't care about anymore. But I just want him to do slightly different things. So mm, yes, um, but maybe this might be quite good. I don't know.
0: It looks quite interesting. And bearing in mind, with the show, although it's based on his history and he is introing bits, it's a dramatization of those parts of his life because he had this really weird upbringing in Hawaii. So that's what the main sort of story is based around. And it's kind of comedy based around that. So the other thing they picked up is Mr. Mayor, which is a comedy starring Ted Danson and Holly Hunter. It follows a retired businessman played by Danson who runs for mayor of Los Angeles to prove that he's still got it. Once he wins, he has to figure out what he stands for, gain respect of his biggest critic played by Holly Hunter and reconnect with his teenage daughter all while trying to get anything right for America's second weirdest city. It sounds like it's going to be quite good fun, Ted Danson is great and Holly Hunter is wonderful as well. So I think it's going to be a really fun series that and that's uh, both those are coming to Sky Comedy both those shows. We've got a couple of early premiere dates as well. Star Trek Lower Decks Season 2 is premiering on Friday the 13th of August on Amazon Prime Video in the UK that's going out just the day after it goes out in the US. So it's not going to drop as a box set. It's going to go out weekly and it's going to go out the day after it airs on Paramount+. And Hawkeye, the MCU TV series has got a date as well. Twenty fourth of November that is landing on Disney Plus worldwide. That's a Wednesday that is dropping.
2: Star Trek Lower Decks, I watched one episode and I never went back to it. But with Hawkeye, that's my most anticipated Marvel show, just because what's been set up for it and Mm Uh, like Kate Bishop and other things I can't spoil from other films yes. recently so um, that looks really quite good they showed a couple of pictures haven't they of um, Hawkeye and Kate because they showed a new picture as they announced the yeah. uh, the air date and that looks quite good so but yeah Star Trek I just didn't care for Star Trek Lower Decks it was just a bit sort of I don't know I tried to be kind of Rick and Morty ish and just be kind of weird and crazy well um, it's
0: from one of the guys that made Rick and Morty so you know, know. It, that's, it just that's
2: why this didn't really work i don't think i no, I, mean, I, 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 like, I loved I it i like solar opposites and i like rick and morty it just maybe it didn't work for me with star trek i don't know
0: yeah maybe that is the case but i really enjoyed it i mean it is basically rick and morty in a star trek world because mm-hmm. i mean it, it is toned down a bit because you can't do quite the outlandish stuff <laughs> that they do in something like rick and morty or even Solar opposites you can't get away with that under a star trek license so it is toned down a little bit but it does have that very much that sensibility to it and i really enjoyed enjoyed the first season of lower decks it's very fun and very silly and it is from one of the guys that did rick and morty and solar opposites so if you like that sort of humor i would say it is worth giving a try particularly for a star trek fan mm-hmm. moving on to bigger news stories there is a major shift coming over at sky as they say goodbye to sky one after nearly 40 years they've um, decided that sky one will be no more as a channel there adding two new channels one will be called sky showcase and one will be called sky max sky max is going to be a linear channel and on demand service it's the new home of sky's big blockbuster entertainment so it's going to have things like discovery of witches cobra league of their own will be on there the new never mind the buzz we talked about a few weeks ago that is going to be on there essentially sky max is sky one under a different brand name so although they're saying sky One is going away the spiritual successor to Skyward is Skybacks pretty much. That's all it is really is rebranding. Sky Showcase is going to be something slightly different. They're calling it a linear-only main event channel. So it sounds like it's not going to have a Sky Showcase channel on their TV. It's just going to be the, the main sort of broadcast channel. And the idea with that is it's going to curate a selection of shows from across the Sky portfolio. So they are going to premiere some things on there, I think, which will then appear on SkyMax afterwards. It will take stuff from Sky Witness. It will take stuff from Sky Documentary. So the idea is it is literally a showcase channel. It takes stuff off all the other different channels and will run it on Sky Showcase as a premiere thing. Interesting that they're doing that and the fact that Sky Showcase is actually the thing that is going to take the EPG number of Sky 1. So it's going to be on channel 106 six for that and then sky max i think we's going on to yeah 113 they've said that sky max is going on to not that it massively matters because i don't think anybody pays that much attention to where they are on the listings particularly (laughs) but um yeah so that's the idea with sky showcase is they're going to use it as a way of premiering stuff first i think is the idea that it will go out on there, but it's stuff that will go onto the other channels as well. The other thing they've said is Sky Comedy is going to be beefed up a little bit. So stuff that ran on Sky One, like Code 404 and Hitmen, the Sky Original Comedies, all that main comedy stuff is going to be moved across onto Sky Comedy directly, along with the stuff that it's already running. So things like Miracle Workers and Pen15 and The Office US and, and all that sort of stuff that they're already running. They're going to move all the comedy that was on the Sky One channel is going to move across directly onto Sky Comedy as well. So they've shifted a bunch of shows around. That's pretty much it. I mean, what they did say is Sky Showcase is going to launch things like Wolf, which is a new Sky Regional drama that will go out on Sky Showcase first. But then when you actually look at where they're talking about it running regularly, it will run regularly on Sky Max. So it's almost like a sort of watch it here early and then the regular series will go out on Skymax if that sort of makes sense Mm -hmm. and they're also saying Young Rock will go out on there first and Swap will go out on there first and a few other things as well so whether that means they'll air the first episode of uh, season on there and then the rest of it will run on Skymax or whether they'll run the whole thing on there and then it will run a few days later on Skymax I don't know exactly how that's going to work we'll have to see
2: Hmm. funny when I because I read through the post that you, you put up for this and as soon as I got to Sky Max I immediately just thought of HBO Max (laughs) plus there's there's a kind of HBO Sky relationship-ish thing there Mm. but just not with HBO Max necessarily I don't think this is going to make that much difference I I don't get the whole Sky showcase and then Sky Max it's like okay but if those two channels are going to be on the same platform anyway it almost feels like that's trying to be some sort of hey this channel's got it exclusive first but then if you've got access to one channel you've kind of got access to both haven't you yeah but what they
0: are saying with Sky showcases it's linear only, so I don't think Sky showcase will be on now tv i think sky max will be but sky showcase won't so if you are a sky subscriber rather than a now tv subscriber you may get to see the episode a few days early on sky showcase okay um i think maybe that's the reason for doing it that way Mm because yeah i mean i i'm with you in that if you have access to both it makes no difference so for a sky customer all it means is you might get to see it a little bit early and i think it's a way of trying to pull people off maybe now tv and to Sky, possibly, mm. I think is what they may be trying to do with that. It's a strange thing to do on your own platform. Well, yeah, g- uh, given that they, are, they own both. But the problem yeah. is, I think they're seeing numbers of people go to Now TV from Sky because let's be honest, Sky is really expensive and yeah. Now TV isn't. It's a lot more expensive It's than exactly, yeah, and they both have exactly the same content, pretty much. So I think it's a way of giving a little bit back to the Sky customers that the now TV's customers won't have or the now customers won't have mm. um so I, I think that's possibly what they're trying to do with that but
2: but yeah they've been chopping and changing things a little bit like they did the whole sky comedy and documentaries and yeah. when they made those changes before that just felt like rebranding this just feels like doing some other type of rebranding
0: well, it is sort of just trying to tidy things up I think the problem is that it was sky one and then they had sky 2 and sky 3 and they kind of got rid of sky 2 and Sky 3 and you just left with sky one so th- when you you haven't got like two three four following it it sort of makes sense maybe to rebrand that sky max is a separate thing Mm. um there's no other channels like going you know sky witness is still there sky documentary sky crime sky nature sky comedy (laughs) sky history you know everything else is staying what we don't know is exactly what's happening to things like pick which is also then because they don't mention that i think we maybe maybe you'll lose pick tv possibly but we don't know is that used for anything now not really there was a i mean other than kind of catch up things and i think it's a free-to-air channel um i could be wrong about that but i think Mm -hmm. it's a free-to-air channel so i suppose
2: my question is how many channels does one company need well i mean uh, i get i get if you've got like sky nature and comedy and documentaries those are different categories but when you've got like sky one and you've got all these other kind of channels uh or now you've got like showcase and max and whatever well i mean
0: i i think part of this is is them doing that they've only really got the two they've got sky showcase which is purely going to be sky and then you've got sky match which is basically what sky one was so that's really the only change the only thing really is the fact that they're adding sky showcase which is just going to be a sky channel as far as i can tell right so that's really the sort of major shift and then with all the others they are very specific i mean you know sky Witness is the crime stuff sky documentaries is documentaries then well yes then you've got sky crime but that's kind of true crime comedy history kids so they have sort of i think split it into categories they really only have sky max which is a general entertainment channel and Mm. then do you 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 think there will be anybody that
2: sees a new channel sky max and associates it with hbo max
0: yes i've had that confusion already and i've had that conversation with somebody on the facebook page of like it, well, is this surprised. gonna be? Yeah, I do get that. I, as far as we're aware, they haven't done a deal to get all the HBO Max stuff, unfortunately, that mm. I, that would be great if they do do that, but they haven't. I mean, one thing they do mention on Sky Max's launch is the fact that it will have the return of, never mind the Buzzcocks, Russell Howard Hour will be back and DC superheroes. And that's as vague as they make it. So I don't know whether that's just the existing shows that they have or whether that means that they're gonna they have actually picked up... Superman and Lois and they're not prepared to announce it yet whether it means that they're getting some of the other DC superhero stuff because Max has a bunch of other things yeah. so yeah. I, I don't know um, but they do specifically mention the DC superheroes in mm. there because you got Naomi coming
2: out you've got the Green Lantern series and there's probably some others as well
0: yeah there's there's a supposed to be a Justice League Dark series oh there's, yeah, is that as well I, I mean technically there is Titans and Stargirl and that sort of stuff mm.
2: but those have at home in other places, I suppose. Yeah, so. yeah. So, it's, it's crazy how spread out the DC shows are in yeah. this in this country.
0: Yes, it's somewhat <laughs> annoying. Yeah. So that's the state of that. I think September they said they're going to launch those. So we'll see as we get kind of closer to it exactly what goes where and you know how that's going to run. The other change coming on Sky is they announced that the Peacock streaming service, which is the NBC Universal streaming service, is going to be launching in the UK. Now, I've learned a bit more about what runs on Peacock in the US, and I'm almost positive it is not going to be an exact copy of the US version, because first of all, it can't be because some of the shows have already been sold to other networks like Stars Play in the UK it has a couple of the shows like Doctor Death is one of the Peacock series in the US, and that's coming to Stars Play in the UK. I mean, it's weird that that got sold when they must have known that this was somewhere in the works of them launching this, unless it was a very, very quick sort of woke up one morning and decided to do this deal, um, <laughs> which seems weird. So I don't know, unless it's the fact that maybe it was made by an outside studio when they didn't have the rights to sell it internationally. I don't know, but it seems a little odd that one of their Peacock originals has been sold somewhere else. There's not that much in terms of original content on Peacock at the moment. In terms of original shows that aren't airing Anywhere else right now. You've got Girls Five Ever, which is a sort of musical dramedy about an aging girl band. You've got Rutherford Falls which is a sitcom series. It's Michael Schur. He's one of the people that were involved in creating that. So I think that probably would go down quite well. There's the Punky Brewster revival. There's the Safe by the Bell revival. The two dramas that they have, the original dramas, as I say, Dr. Death has already been sold to stars play. And we've already had brave new world because they bought that last year. So that's coming over. There's some docu-series and stuff. There's some reality TV rubbish. um (laughs) AP Bio technically is a series which runs on Peacock. A whole bunch of the stuff is actually things which are already Sky Shows. So things like Mm. Intelligence and Save Me and Hitmen and Intergalactic, they all run on Peacock in the US, but I mean, they're already Sky Shows. So a whole bunch of their original stuff is stuff that we already have. They have got a bunch of interesting original programming coming. So there's the Bel Air series, which is that sort of dramatized version Version of press Prince of Bel Air, which looks really interesting. There's that coming. There's the new Battlestar Galactica series, which is from the guy that did Mr. Robot, is the person behind that, and it's a continuation of the Battlestar Galactica reboot, or set in that sort of same world. I, I think. Think, think
2: they announced that. Yeah,
0: yeah. So there's there's that coming. There's Vampire Academy, which is another vampire show from the person that did The Vampire Diaries, although it's completely different universe it's not they're not connected in any way she's doing another vampire show there's the new version of queer as folk that's coming on there there's that joe exotic dramatization thing that they've been doing as well dan brown's lost symbol which is the the dan brown series that we talked about a a number of weeks ago so there's there's all that sort of stuff that's coming there's a ted tv series they talked about so they have got quite a lot of stuff which is in development and due to drop well some of that we don't know when some of it's due to drop later this year so i mean mm-hmm. there is some interesting stuff coming up and i think maybe that's what pushed them to launch it now and maybe it's a case of things like bel-air maybe up and running by the time they eventually launch it over here but we don't know at the moment
2: maybe this would just be good for like future use if they announce some exciting stuff i mean you got the the battle thing which kind of sticks out the most there yeah did you say that that was a sam raimi not sam raimi the guy behind Mr. Robot. Yes. Sam Eshmael. Es- Sam, Sam Eshmael yeah. developing. the wrong Sam. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, that's probably the thing that sticks out as the most exciting from what you just mentioned. Yeah.
0: The Bel-Air series I'm quite interested in and maybe Vampire Academy. I don't know. Oh yeah,
2: that's the, that's the Will Smith thing, isn't it? Yes, yeah. that's the Will Smith yeah. thing. So I, I right. think
0: that's... And uh, Lost Symbol, I think, looks interesting as well. Mm. So, I mean, there is some interesting stuff coming up. It's just they've been a little behind everybody else getting that stuff up and running. Outside of the original thing's we don't know what else is going to be on there because like Peacock in the US, I think runs WWE and they also act as a catch up service for some of the other shows. And I don't know whether it is going to be a case of say the NBC shows like the Chicago series, maybe rather than them only being on limited catch up on sky. So, you know, them only being there for a month or so and then disappearing. Maybe you will get full box sets land on peacock and stay there permanently that may be what they end up doing right of like old nbc shows of older nbc shows maybe you'll get some of that so i mean you know it's possible that good place for example was an old nbc show maybe you'll get that land on there as a boxer but i I can't guarantee any of that because we don't know right now Mm, that make sense yeah Yeah, things that they do mention is a really odd mix because it's things like the office us Rutherford falls as i mentioned which is a new show so the Bell, which is the reboot thing. They mentioned the Equalizer, which is already coming to Sky Witness or Sky One. Young Rock, which we've already mentioned is coming to Sky Comedy. Kardashian's Suits, they mentioned on there as well. So apparently that's going to come on there as a box set. And Downton Abbey, weirdly, they mentioned on there. So yeah, I don't know. They're talking about it as being sort of Peacock Originals plus NBC Universal's iconic libraries of series and movies. So there will be a bunch of NBC Universal or Universal movies and NBC series on there as to exactly what they are we don't know right now there's some interesting things going on with the changes in the uk and i mean one of the other things as well which has been talked about in the us is a potential joining of nbc and cbs And there's lots of stories floating around about a possible merger of those two. Now, they've been slightly taken out of context because a direct merger of NBC and CBS currently is not possible because they are two of the major US networks and they are simply not allowed to have one company own both of those major networks. That just wouldn't be allowed. So it's sort of the same reason why Fox is a separate channel, despite the fact that Disney bought all the Fox assets when that Fox Disney merger went through, Fox had to be spun off as its own thing because Disney already had ABC. So right. you wouldn't be allowed to merge those channels. So even if Viacom CBS and NBC Universal did merge as one parent company, they would have to spin off one of the broadcast networks as its own thing. So either CBS would have to be a entirely separate business or NBC, the channel, would have to be its entirely separate business. So I don't see that happening. But one of the things they have been talking about is Peacock and Paramount Plus are struggling to compete against Disney Plus and HBO Max. And one thing they could do is merge those two streaming services into one thing. Uh And that would give you a repository of all the Peacock original content, all the Paramount original content. So, uh, you know, all the Star Treks and all that sort of stuff all in one place plus you'd be able to use it in the us as a catch-up service for both so that would be interesting if they do end up doing that and bear in mind this is all rumor and chatter and there is no guarantee that any of this is going to happen but there uh-huh. has been a lot of talk about there apparently talks going on behind the scenes about them maybe merging these streaming services into one place because that is something they could do and maybe would help them and i'd just be interested now we've got peacock over here if mm-hmm. that happens what that would do whether we'd then suddenly get this flux of CBS or Paramount plus stuff coming across as well yeah it kind of ties into a
2: little bit not like exactly but there's certain elements of it of what I talked about six months to a year ago maybe of like a TV crash hypothetically <laughs> of what what that would mean basically is there's just too much TV there's too many streaming services which means too much money for like consumers to pay out for and given that we've already got things like you can subscribe to to, I think it's what ESPN, Hulu, and Disney Plus in the US, which which makes sense obviously because of those companies. But given that you've just said about the merger or potential merger between these two, that makes sense as well. Mm-hmm. Um because I mean it's it's a lot lot better in the UK for like pricing of television basically than it is in the US. It's it's far more expensive. There's more things to subscribe to, I feel like, in, in the US than there is in, the, there in is. the UK. Especially if you just look at something like Disney Plus, where we're starting to get some of the Hulu and some of the FX yeah. shows, which means we just subscribe a Disney plus for most of that stuff yeah and obviously the originals and all so that
0: if you're wondering why even though it's a Hulu original series and it goes out on Disney plus on star over here if there is a show like like that um one of the reasons that they don't air it next day on Disney plus is because what they don't want is somebody in the US who has a Disney plus subscription turning on a VPN mm-hmm. and getting the UK feed which suddenly gives them star which means that if they put it on like the day after it went out on Hulu it means they could cancel their Hulu subscription and you just use a, an international yeah. that's the reason why Hulu shows don't go out next day on Star in the UK because if they did that you'd have an issue where if you're in the US <laughs> and you're slightly technically savvy you'd just turn on a VPN and take the international feed instead and right. you'd get Star so, so it'd be a lot
2: cheaper yeah because yeah.
0: it would be a lot cheaper so it's a way of really screwing over the Americans forcing them to pay for two. Although I do believe they do deals on if you have Disney Plus and if you have Hulu together. I think there is some sort of deal yeah, to, to get think... like all the services in one go because I think yeah. you can get ESPN for like a quid or something or a dollar or something extra on top. Yeah, they're
2: kind of they're kind of tied together a little bit. Yeah, aren't they? very interesting stuff. So very interesting.
0: We'll keep an eye on that and when we know a bit more about exactly what is going to be on Peacock, we'll let you know. But at the moment, they've just said it's coming. It's going to be at no extra cost. It'll be on Sky. It'll be on Now TV or oh, now and uh, it won't cost anything. So we'll see what ends up actually landing on that. Does anybody call it now or does everybody still call it now TV? And, uh, <laughs> I think everybody still calls it now TV in all honesty, but yes, technically it is called the now streaming service. Mm-hmm. Um, and lastly, some big news dropped about Doctor Who, but I mean, it's been the worst kept rumour for months, but Jodie Whittaker and Chris Chibnall are both leaving in 2022. So that is the star and the showrunner have said that they will be leaving in 2022 to do this has been rumored for months and months and months but uh, they did finally come out and confirm that that is the case they will end their run with a six part event serial which will air in autumn 2021 along with two specials which will air in 2022 and an additional final feature length adventure for the 13th Doctor which means that there will be three specials in 2022 so three specials in 2022 six episodes that are airing in autumn this year And that unique thing about the six episodes that are airing this year will be the fact that it is one continuous story, which, I mean, they're saying, oh, this is new and unique. Natural fact, if you go back and look at the original Doctor Who series, that's what they did. The original Doctor Who show, they were half-hour episodes, whereas these are going to be sort of 45 minutes, hour-longs. But the original series were like half-hour episodes, which were a continuing story and ran for six episodes or something. So it's sort of going back to what the show originally was. And uh, it's going to be not just sort of individual monster of the week things with an underlying story. It is literally going to be a story which is a continuing thing for six episodes, which I think is, is a great way of doing it. I think it suits Chris Chibnall down to the ground because, I mean, this is the guy that brought us things like Broadchurch and he's exactly the sort of thing that he really should be writing. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's great. And I will be very sad to see Jodie Whittaker go because I think she's been brilliant in the role I think she's been different and you know of course first female doctor so yeah, uh, we, we'll yeah. see which way that it jumps afterwards but uh, I mean went through the usual sort of regeneration loop of oh I don't like this doctor too. actually this person's okay too. this person's brilliant nobody could ever replace them and then that starts all over again when a new doctor gets cast so that's just the sort of Doctor Who fan loop of every time a regeneration happens but mm. she was actually voted second most popular Doctor of all time sitting just behind of course David Tennant on a fan vote on Radio Times of like 50,000 fans so she has been very popular I think she suffered in the first season of Chibnall really didn't quite grasp what he was doing and (laughs) the stories were. there were some great stories in that run but there were also some terrible ones and there was no overarching story and it it just it was very woolly that first season I think it vastly improved for the second season so this will now be uh, her third season a lot of people saying oh she didn't last very long actually you look at I I don't know about the episode count but the length of time she's been there is exactly the same as Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi so Mm. in terms of the time period she's been there for as long but it may be not quite as many episodes as some of the others
2: yeah I really like Jodie as as a doctor I think she did a really good job I do feel like her doctor was held back by writing choices as you said and just like some of the stories that were kind of told I mean we've still got to figure out like okay who's going to be the next uh if you talk about big british roles like who's going to be the next james bond because uh the, the upcoming one's going to be daniel's last one um i think for either of those i'd really like to see idris elba involved well with, I, I think i think he'd make a really good james bond or a, a doctor or something but yeah. i i don't think that's probably gonna happen Unfortunately, no, I,
0: I think I, I think idris elba i i can't see him stepping into something like doctor who there's been a lot of rumors floating around as to who potentially might take up the role uh i mean there's been names like ollie alexander who of course was the the lead in it's a sin the russell t davis thing and he's he's what the oh, lead singer of yeah, years like and him. years as well yeah and who's a would be a really interesting role i think he may be a little bit young for the part but yeah i think that oh, would be really age interesting into it yeah absolutely um I've, I've just looked up a sort of what are the bookies giving odds on um Michael Sheen is one of the ones that the the sort of six to four favourite at William Hill apparently at the moment. Michaela Cole is another name that's been kicking around. Richard Ayowadi, I which I don't see at all. No, um, no. Maybe as a companion or something. Yes, I think Richard could do a great job as a companion. I don't. I think he's a little too strange as the Doctor. If that's <laughs> like, yeah, enough. I, yeah,
2: no, I yeah, I, I get you. Um,
0: I like him a lot, but I, I, I and it would be interesting, but I don't know whether he's got the range of acting that you would necessarily need for yeah. it i think as a companion he could be great but yes i'm i'm not entirely convinced ollie would be interesting Michaela Cole would be very interesting and i mean i'd watch michael sheen in anything so i mean uh, that would be fantastic i don't necessarily see michael sheen doing it i think it's a grueling grueling schedule and uh, i mean i would love it but i'm not entirely sure that he'd want to commit to it so mm. we'll see it's often it's somebody that you know the bookies have completely missed until the very last minute so this far out a lot of the names floating around end up not being people that get the role so we'll Mm. see i i was never into
2: the peter Capaldi era
0: i like peter a lot i thought he was a really interesting choice for it again suffered a little bit with some of the writing but Mm. still i i liked him as a doctor very much
2: in terms of james bond as well henry cavill would be great so
0: well yes henry cavill sam Hewen, i think has had his name thrown around a bit from Outlander uh, who also would be wonderful so okay, cool. Uh, that's for Bond not for Doctor Who right, uh, right. but uh, yeah so we'll, we'll see but yes we will be getting a new Doctor probably announced at some point I would think either later this year or next year we will hear that we don't know yet who's taking over as showrunner either which of course is the other major thing so we'll see who lands that gig as well because that's quite important give um, a Vince Gilligan <laughs> yeah i would be really interested <laughs> so that's all the news for this week. Let's move on to some highlights for Next Week on TV. So, highlights for next week. We have The Good Wife Season 2 lands on Alibi on the 5th of August at 11pm. That, of course, has already run in the UK, but they're rerunning it on Alibi. So, that's The Good Wife. That's back for its second season on Alibi, if you're working through that from the beginning. Cruel Summer, which is a new show coming to Amazon Prime. That's on the 6th of August. That is a small Texas town where a beautiful, popular teen is abducted and seemingly unrelated girl going from being a sweet awkward outlier to the most popular girl in town by 95 the most despised person in america so that sounds like it could be an interesting crime drama thing i think of sort of abducted teens and stuff but uh, cruel summer that's called that's on the 6th of august on amazon prime that is landing Pose season three and the final season of Pose that is returning on BBC Two on the 8th of August at 10pm that lands Ghosts season three which is the highly critically acclaimed comedy that is returning on BBC One on the 9th of August at 8.30 that lands which is of course about a couple who inherit a house that is inhabited by very needy ghosts I haven't actually managed to catch any of that and I really need to go on Flower and watch it but that's Ghosts season three I don't think I've heard did that before, Yeah, it flew very much under the radar for the first couple of seasons, but I really want to go and watch it. And I just keep forgetting it's there. But presumably the first couple of seasons are on. So need to go and watch those. But that's Ghost Season 3 on the 9th of August at 8.30. And then Younger Season 7 and the final season of that lands 9th of August at 11pm. That is coming to Comedy Central. That's the 7th or final season of that, 9th of August at 11pm mm-hmm. on Comedy Central. That is... All the stuff coming up next week. If they want to find more of your stuff, where can they find you? you can find me
2: on entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, currently, doing Ted Lasso has come back for its second season, uh, Monsters at Work, which has been fun. All the Walking Dead shows are going to come back sooner or later. Yes. I've uh, been doing a bunch of other reviews and things like that. And uh, of course, football's back in about two weeks, I think. And uh, Man United have actually brought some players, which is good. <laughs> um, players that we actually wanted as well. So that's uh, that's very good. I'll need to do a big uh, preview podcast cast about that to uh, discuss hopefully some different things happening you can find all that on uh, entertainment i also do uh, stream on twitch now and again i'm going to try and focus on uh, psychonauts for the future streams and uh, see how that goes you can find me on twitch etalk uk and if you want to find the streams later they should be on youtube eventually that's entertainment talk players on there
0: excellent go and check matt out over on there bex of course you can go and find on twitch which is twitch.tv forward slash trista bites you can go and find her at over on there doing lots of streams raising money for charity and uh, just general fun and silliness and retro gaming and all that sort of stuff so that's twitch.tv forward slash Trista that's B-Y-T-E-S go and check Bets out over on there Daryl you can find at hollywoodnorthnews.net for all the TV series you love shot in Canada he covers all that over on there for us you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout we can see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geek town on twitter on facebook at at facebook.com forward slash geek town on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geek town and on instagram at geek town uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye 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 -bye. (laughs) Goodbye.